us, I think, maybe that weekend. Amen. Uh, one other thing. Thank you so much for pulling the wool over my eyes and keeping a secret from me. And, and you know, I'm finally confessing and admitting to the fact that all kind of things happen around here that I don't know. I don't know what happened. Some people ask me about certain things. I say, I don't know. I finally, Brother Wright kind of helped me with that at the uh, installation service over in Frederick the other day, that like the preacher is the last one to know, amen, about a lot of things. And the reason for that is this, which is good. I mean, he comes up with some good stuff. The reason for that is this, Brother Ruck, that he does, God does that intentionally to keep my mind off of this and that and that and that. God doesn't want that to hinder Amen. What I he needs to use me for. Amen. But you slicked one over. I drove up. Amen. And that beautiful. Amen. Brother Jason. Amen. Where's Brother Jason? He's with the baby today. Today. Amen. And uh Amen. And Brother Jerry. Amen. They just did an excellent job. And whoever else helped. I mean, it's a in my garage. Y'all, y'all let me just tell you the story. We spent all of our money. Uh, on that garage, <laughs> you know, I took some money out of our retirement, and we said, we're just going to do that because the snow and the bad weather is getting to us, and we don't have a place to keep the cars and get in the, you know, get out of the snow and the whole deal, and and we hired some people, just good people. They claimed to know about foundations, but they didn't. I just kept paying them and kept paying them, and they kept working. I tell the story, Brother Ruck, when I, when I, I said, I ask all these questions. But but it, but I looked out there that day, and they was digging and had you know halfway done. They had to dig in that hill the ways, and 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 I, when I saw them, uh, Brother Robinson scratching their head out there. That day is the day I should have went out and told them to go ahead and leave, and we'll get the contractor that told me they were two or three contract. You know, it was it was a clue. You know, it was a good clue. Like oh, they said, oh, they don't know what they're doing, and I was right. From start to finish, instead of them doing it, I was out there helping them. I was like, "Oh no, no, I don't, don't, don't do." It. And I'm not even a builder; I'm not even a carpenter. Anyway, they, they, you know, they got the thing poured, and then they didn't know how to finish it. They told me they did, and so anyway, I'll make a long story short. I had a bumpy, you know, humps and bumps and stuff in my, and then I knew I had to shut it off because I had to build. I had to build a building on top of the. I said, "You know, guys, I'd like to." have the money left to build the building on the slab when y'all get done. But anyway, we did get the building, and I had that. And it wasn't something I lost sleep over, but it was just something that was just nagging in the back of my head. I got an ugly garage floor. If I'd have had you around, Brother Robin, I'd just call you and said, let's fix this for us. <laughs> I was paying, we were paying good. We were paying, you know. And so I, somebody asked me what I was going to do with that ugly floor, and I said, I'm just going to keep the doors, garage doors closed. <laughs> but anyway, y'all fix that, Brother Jason. Thank y'all so much. Somebody asked me, well, did you like it? Hey, it was the best thing. Hallelujah. Amen. It's, a, it's an honor to be your pastor, bishop. Amen. Here at this place. Love you folks. Now, I'll tell you what those kind of things do. They called, somebody said, we're going to have to preach. I said, man, I'm going to tell you, they got me on the spot. I have to behave myself. 
more than ever, I have to be nicer to them than ever before. That's what that does when people give you stuff. And so I'm going to try my best, amen, to be sweet and good and nice to you, <laughs> amen. And sometimes when you preach the truth, that's kind of hard to do. That's kind of tight wire, you know, amen. If we ever hurt anybody's feelings, we certainly don't intend to do that. That's not our intentions. No way we would ever do that. But thank you again so much. Uh, for all that you do. Thank you for being here today. So my birthday's not until a couple more days. This is the first. Yeah, my birthday's the fourth. Y'all try to forget that now. And uh, don't I look young? Hallelujah. I, listen, we used, to, we used to talk about... <laughs> we used to talk about being 39 again. I said, man, a 49 would be... 59 would be all right with me right now, but... It's on way on past that. So, amen. Love you folks so much. Glad to be back. General Conference was great. Uh, we do have a couple of uh, DVDs that we'll be showing you. Our assistant superintendent, uh, general superintendent, preached that first night. And so we want you to hear. In fact, my wife and I were sitting there and saying, well, the church needs to hear this. And some of you may have gone online and watched that service maybe. But we'll, we'll look at that again. I need to see it again. Because he brought out so, Brother Gleason brought out so many good things that we as a church needs to get. And I think we will. Praise the Lord. I'll stop rambling on. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, just one verse, verse 19. And then we'll just kind of just talk to you a little bit. I don't know if how this will come out. But, but I'm doing this just like I do every other message that I just felt this it just kept nagging on me and so I don't know how my deliverance will be it could be horrible it could be terrible probably won't be a masterpiece but you'll get it all right I've got confidence in you sister Liz bless you good to see you always good to see Liz come in over here amen amen I probably missed uh, at least two or three more around here but I apologize for that Amen. Philippians a 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Did, did we get that? Did we, did we get, are we believers? We say we are. Did, did we, you know, I don't, I let me just stop here, and I think I might be doing this through the whole, whole message, but, but we, apostolic believers, Christians, it's what we call ourselves. Amen. Did we really get what that said to us right now? Maybe somebody's worried right now about this or that. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's just issues and situations. You know. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, that's a mouthful right there. That's almost too simple for some of us. Amen. Look around and smile at somebody. Amen. Smile at them. Amen. It won't cost you much to do that. Hallelujah. Amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Good to see the Sidox, Brother Chuck, been praying for you. Amen. Amen. Believe in God for you. Hallelujah. Listen, it's folks suffer through things, battle through things. We have no idea. We can just have church and shout and preach right on over. So many 
So many things. In fact, Brother Green sitting right up here on the platform, I talked about it the other day. He has he rests a couple of days just so he can come to church. He used to be the guy that stayed around till everything was turned off, every light, air condition, everything was looked at and locked. We could do whatever we wanted, Brother Green. But but he is so weary and worn in his body and going through battling this sickness and Sister Green's has not been well either, amen, but you see when they just go right out, the reason they do that as soon as church is over is they are, they are exhausted amen, but they do, they do all of that for church Amen, to be here in church. Listen, great excuse, a good opportunity to miss church. And Sister High End, nobody could say a word and would say a word. If they would, I'd get on their case. They have great excuse to miss the house of God. If he calls and he's worn out, I'm the first one to say, Brother Green, that is wonderful. You stay home, that's fine. Don't you worry about a thing but they come on to the house of God. I'm just wondering how many others sprinkled around. Now, not, a, not a whole bunch, but there's some who just come even while they're in pain and even while, while they're struggling and going through this or that because they have decided, hey, listen, I'm addicted to church. I've got to get to church. I've got to worship the Lord. That's what I do. Amen. And so it takes a lot to keep us out of the house of the Lord. But God said he, he promised to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory, amen, by Christ Jesus. Listen, let's, you know, just looked at some scriptures here uh, in the book of Ephes- uh, Ephesians, rather. But the church at Ephesus, you have to understand, was a lot of, there was mostly, like they, some theologians called it a Gentile church. In other words, there's Jews and then there's Gentiles, all right? So, so, so we're the Gentiles, all right? And so there were, it was a Gentile church and it seemed that these people were full of fear just by reading what Paul wrote to them and, and things he said to them. They were, they were not only full of fear, but they were full of skepticism. You ever around skeptics? You ever around people that had that spirit or that attitude? Amen. But you know, here's the thing that we have to look at both sides of the coin here. Amen. Listen, they may have had every right to expect the worst. And I think maybe I can tag in to folks that are maybe even in this church and especially folks that we come in contact with, amen. They've had everything that can go wrong, they've had it happen to them. They've had it go wrong, amen. They've had problems of every nature, every kind, and so they were skeptical about things, all right? And Paul was preaching and writing to these people. Watch, watch how Paul describes these people, amen. We're gonna get back on the according to his riches here uh, off and on, but, 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 but Paul said some things. In Ephesians 2 and 1, these are just portions of scriptures here, amen, amen, amen. He, he talked about them being dead. He said, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Don't ever forget where you came from. Now, you can't live in your past and you shouldn't live in your past. But, but you know, it's kind of like having a rear view mirror on your car, your automobile, all right? Listen, you don't just keep your eyes 
on that little middle mirror or those side mirrors going down. You don't do that, all right? But you do take a glance in those mirrors every once in a while to see what's going on behind you, all right? You just stay focused on that and you'll have a wreck somewhere, okay? Pretty quick, probably, all right? This is how you do life. Once in a while, you glance in that rearview mirror and you realize where you came from, where God brought you from how much you've learned and how many blessings God has blessed you with along the way. That's what Paul's talking about. That's what I'm talking about here. But he said you were dead in your trespasses. Amen. The second verse of Ephesians 2, he says that wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world. I'm wondering how many people are so connected up to the world. Listen, you know what? You know, I talk about it quite a bit. You can get connected up with things that are not sins, not sins, They're just weights. Paul said, lay aside every sin, but he added something. He said, and the weight are the weights that doth so easily beset us and run this race with patience that is set before us. Amen. But we were so connected up to the world. One writer said, we're in this world, but we're not of the world, all right? And so you have to deal with it. You have to brush, rub shoulders with it. You come in contact, but don't let the world win you over. Our job is to be a part. Listen, there's a separated, there's a separate, amen, a separation message throughout the scripture. I'm not gonna deal with it much. Some of you, it just worries you to death if I get on that, amen, because you don't wanna do nothing for God. You want God to do everything for you, amen, but you don't wanna do much for God, but that's where the separation message comes in. I'm willing to go a second mile, amen. Listen, I know we live in a one-mile world, amen, but, but, but we're second-mile folks, all right? We do things that are not necessarily sins, amen. We separate from sins, but we separate from things things that are not really sins but they just hinder us from coming to the house of the Lord. I know folks, some of our new people, they're not here today. Amen. They just show up. God blesses them and fills them with the Holy Ghost. We baptize them. But, but the kids are connected up with little league balls. Anything wrong with that? No. But they have no respect. The little league teams and the coaches, they have no respect for church. They have church on Wednesday. They have ball games on Wednesday night. Amen. They have, uh, you know, they have things to go. Listen, you put your kids in dancing lessons. You put them in this and that. You know, all of these things may be okay. Amen. I'm not preaching against all that stuff. But all of that stuff that keeps you sports, especially sports, amen, it'll keep you and your kids because mom and dad's going to be on the sideline rooting for little, you know, little junior out here. We want them to do good. But you know what? I've always said this. From the, from the time my kids have been born, I've made a lot of mistakes. Amen. If I could redo some things, I probably would. But this I wouldn't redo. I want them to be successful in life. But I said, if my son grows up having to dig ditches by hand for a living, amen, I'd rather him be a ditch digger, amen, and full of the Holy Ghost, amen, and in the church than be wealthy, amen, and not go to church. I want my children and my grandchildren to be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. They need to be in church. They need to be in the house of God. Good people are not, and I'll get around to tell their new converts. I'll get around to preaching to them and telling them to them, hey, you know, but you know, people are too tender and, ooh, you know, they, y'all are just off the deep end and you're just heavy handed. And uh, listen, you know, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with some people, you know, I talk about the, you know, the, the, 
the person drowning in the water. You know, I've never, I've, I've heard of this before, that they get so violent because they're after air and they're going down. And the people who are trained to rescue them, sometimes they have to knock them out. You know why? Because it's a dire situation here. We don't have time to sit down and have a conference with the Holy. Now listen, here's number one. Is we, no, you don't do that. You've got to keep that person above the water and get them to the shore. Amen. And so you just explain later. Listen, if the house is on fire, you don't, have to, you don't have time to come in and have a meeting with everybody. You may hurt a few feelings. Get out and get out now. Well, some issues are that serious and you just preach. Amen, it's a desperate time. Amen, and so the, the enemy's going to and fro, deceiving whoever he can. Amen, and snatching people into eternity every day. And we just have easy church. We just have sweet church. We just stroke everybody. You ever see a cat? Yeah, that old cat is fine as you stroke it the right way, but you just try to pet the old cat the other way. Wow, scratch you good. Some folks are just like that. Just stroke me right. Just preach sweet stuff and good stuff. Listen, we're gonna do that as much as we can. But sometimes we might feel like, wait, the house is on fire. <laughs> Amen. You're going down for the third time here. I'm just, just about ready to knock you out because I'm not going to let you be lost. I, I, I'm not. I'm not, not going to let you be lost. But Paul said you were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2 and 2, amen. You're walking, listen, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Amen, you just did whatever the devil told you to do. You just flowed right on in. Didn't matter, everything is fine. God is good. I'll tell you just a little bit about that message that the, that the assistant superintendent preached. Amen. He, he talked about, and I won't get the real meat of the message, but he talked about, amen, we were, Christians were first called Christians in Antioch. You know the scripture. Amen. First called Christians in Antioch. And we, 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 that's what we call ourselves, Christians. But Jesus said something else. Jesus said, go and make disciples. And he began to talk about the difference in what a disciple is and what a Christian. Let me just briefly throw it out to some of us. Maybe some of you will help some of us right here. A Christian, amen, everybody claims, claims to be. If you're a believer, you're a Christian. Now, if you get two goosebumps, that's all it takes, man. We're, and that's all we want. And we're a Christian and we're proud to tell everybody and we put a smile on that would work in a, in a toothpaste commercial. I'm a Christian. And we tell the whole world, but a disciple is something a little different, maybe a lot different. Everybody's proud to be a Christian, Amen. But a, but a disciple, if we could learn, and I'm jumping a whole bunch of stuff, but we could learn how, listen, when we have like 50 people pray through, when David Smith gets here, and we have piles of people get the Holy Ghost, and I'm for all of that, and they, they get in stammering lips, and they talk in tongues, and we take them to the water, and we put them down, and we make sure we say the right name over them. Listen, they all become Christians, Christ-like. They receive the Spirit. Yeah, they do. Hallelujah. Amen. But a disciple's a whole horse of a different color. And so 
preacher brought out the fact, he said, Christian, you, you, you might win 100 of them right there, boom, and then it makes a good uh, Facebook story. Oh, guess what? We had 25 baptized. Ooh, let the whole world see it. You may never see it, most of those folks again. But when you make a disciple, you may get one disciple, just one. Hallelujah. Just one. But you know what that disciple does? That disciple goes back and they make another disciple. And they tell people like, you gotta be at church. I mean, it's like, you know, you're gonna run out of gas after a while. It's like having a car, you know, like, oh yeah, make one of these kind of cars, you know, we don't use any fuel. Or if it's an electric car, you have to plug it up every once in a while. Hallelujah. Amen. Some, fo- some folks got some kind of vehicle, they don't need no fuel. <laughs> they just come back and then they gone. You don't see them. They've got to be run out of gas somewhere. Amen. The battery's got to be down somewhere on the freeway somewhere because they ain't been here in a while. But you teach the disciples, you have to come and be charged up. You have to cut. You you can't compete with the with this world and the and the satanic power that's in this world on your own. You may think you're tough and you may think you're smart and you know it. You cannot do it. And if you don't think you're backslid, listen. You need to think again. People come in. Ooh, I got my. This is it's not a one shot deal, folks. Amen. This is a relationship. It's a long term relationship. He's my friend that sticks closer than a brother. He promised to never leave me and never forsake me. That's what disciples understand. That's what we teach folks. Hallelujah. I, I, I didn't get all the figures right. I gotta, I gotta watch that again. And, but, but you win more people by multiplication then you do if a person that comes by and prays through a hundred soul revival that we can brag about and put on Facebook and, and every other thing we can advertise and say, look how great we are, look how spiritual our church is, amen. And we'll just out holy everybody in, in the world and look at us. And be such Pharisee spirit. Or we can make disciples and win the world quicker by one at a time. You know what that means? That means go buy lunch and then buy their lunch again and then buy their lunch again, amen. And after a while, amen, listen, you, you'll have somebody with you that you can talk about personal things. We, may, we need to be faithful to the house of God. You don't pay your tithes, how you do that? That started way, way back in here. You gotta pay your tithes, that's 10%. You got 90%, and listen, all of it belongs to God. These are conversations that you can have with a potential disciple. Somebody that's free to talk to. And then they'll listen, amen, because you done bought their lunch. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, these are things that we need. And so I want, us, I want that to get a hold of us. I want that to, listen, I do want the 100-soul revival. I want as many as we can get in here. In fact, we saw David Smith at the conference. I just already told my wife, I'm not mentioning anything about him coming. He already knows. I already told him he had all of September, and that's passed, and he's got all of October. I never do anybody that way. Whatever day you pick, we're going to squeeze you in here. Amen. And so he'll pray through, if it was a fence post up here that needed the Holy Ghost, David Smith would have it talking in tongues in a little while. Listen, he's the best out there. Somebody said, how does people take David Smith? Amen. I said, well, I can announce David Smith's coming. And I said, I'll have people cheering and stand to their feet. And I have another group of people rolling their eyes. 
That's just the effect that he has on people. We, we love him to death. We can't take much of him, though. <laughs> but he is good at what he does. And so don't think I'm preaching against praying people through to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, that's weird of that. But, but we get a hold of this discipleship making. Hallelujah. Walk according to Satan's plan. Watch what, watch what the third verse is, Ephesians 2 and 3, and I gotta get going here. I'm taking too much time. Among whom also we all had our conversation or our lifestyle, that's what he's talking about, in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature, here we go, by nature, children of wrath, even as others. Hallelujah, amen. So he's talking to a bunch of carnal people church people, but they're carnal and they're skeptics. In the, in the 11th verse here, he called them Gentiles. Amen. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision uh, uh, by that which is called the circumcision of the flesh. Circumcision was a sign of a covenant. Amen. And none of you were in the covenant. You didn't have a relationship like the Jews, like Paul himself had it. Amen. In other words, in other words, they were the twelfth verse says you were without Christ. Amen. You were without. Let me read the whole verse. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth. Listen, we'll find somebody right here, folks, because that's where all of us were. All of us. Amen. And strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Amen. Listen, he says, he says without, when he says without hope, that meant without a Messiah. Amen. No anointed, amen, one loomed on the horizon, amen, of their future. Amen. They had nothing, what he was saying, they had nothing to look forward to but more of the same. And God, amen, rescued them and delivered them and set their feet upon the highway of holiness where no unclean thing could walk there. That's what God did. That was a spiritual work from the good Lord. Amen. They felt his presence. They are appreciative of his presence. They gave him praise for his presence and God continued, amen, to do these good things. He even went on to say there was no hope. He said, amen. He talked about them being afar off in the 17th verse. But listen, we have to see this part right here. These folks were not only without hope, but they couldn't see the situation ever being different. Now, that's the problem right there. It's, no, it's not a bad thing to be miserable. It's not a bad thing to be broke. That's bad enough. It's not a, it's not a horribly bad thing to be in some type of a sickness. But the real problem and the seriousness is not being able to have any hope of it ever changing. That's what Paul said they were. You had no hope of things ever being different. I think the enemy of this world, the deceiver, amen, the, the liar, the one that is the father of lies, he gets us in a situation and here's what he whispers in our ear. It's never going to be different. It's always gonna be miserable for you. You're always gonna be at the bottom, amen, of all of these things. You're never gonna be on top. God is never gonna answer your prayer. He doesn't hear and he doesn't care. But I've got good news for somebody. Amen. I said, I got good news for somebody here. Amen. Don't you lose your hope. 
Amen. Don't you ever give up. Hallelujah. Don't you stop believing. Hallelujah. 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 This, this is what makes up the church. This is what makes up the church. Boy, I love what Brother Green, young Brother Green preached the other day. I got him too on a video. Young guy, amen, had a story to tell. Amen, he brought out a, a point, you'll hear it. Amen, he talked about, he said the reason it's always greener on the other side. Now he was bold, but he said he tried to figure out every way he could to be nice and to present it nice. Didn't want to be ugly, loved his spirit, amen. He said the reason it's greener on the other side because it's artificial turf. It's artificial. That's why it's always green over there. Nothing but green. But guess what? Over on our side, some of y'all need to hear, hear me right here. It's not original. It came right off of what he was saying. I'll just say it my own way. The reason over here that you have brown spots, I can, I can mow my grass and I keep thinking, Brother Green, I said, you know what? I have them professionals come out here and all this broadleaf stuff, they'll kill all that out of it. You know, I said, I, you know what? That's just not worth it to me to whatever it could. They, they charge pretty good to do that. But, you know, we have real, we have real grass in our yard, don't we, bro? <laughs> Thanks for helping us cut it yesterday. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got real grass, but you got, we got weeds grows up in it, but it's still real. You got broadleaf, Brother Ruck, and you know, it looks all right to me, but some people are like, oh no, you need to get that pretty rye grass and that Kentucky bluegrass growing up in there. I'm going to tell you what I like about that real grass. Amen. The kind of we got, you know, you know, down south where I came from, when the first frost came, all that pretty green grass just turned brown. You drive down, you start, start about in Kentucky or Tennessee now. If you go down in the wintertime, it's just brown, ugly. Just brown but it's real. <laughs> but here, I tell people at home, I say, you know, what kind of grass? I mean, yeah, it's kind of bluegrass, it's, it's ryegrass, and I said, it can snow, snow. And when the snow starts melting back, amen, you see green under the snow. Real. Oh, I know artificial turf, to, you know, they, it's green all the time. It don't matter, all right? We, we confess there's tares that grow up in it, but it's real. We never claim to have a perfect church. You, I, you certainly don't have a perfect pastor. That's for sure. You know that, don't you? <laughs> I love you back too. Hallelujah. Amen. But we got to understand this. I don't know why people feel like it has to be just totally perfect. You know, my neighbor, he, he sold his house on the other side. He, I mean, I hope he don't ever drive by. He'd probably have a heart attack. Now, they're not bad, but they, if he saw one leaf, on his yard. I see him out there walking. It could be like one inch taller than it's supposed to be. He's out there with his nice John Deere and all the he dry. I said, man, he ain't got nothing to do. That's all he that's all he got the one twig come up. He's out there, you know, driving it all, you know, getting it all. But this neighbor, they just do norm a little, little bit past normal. <laughs> but it grows up like, man, they got the bale hay out there. That's right next to my yard on the other side. Listen, when you have real, when you have real turf, you're gonna have some things spring up that you don't like. It's just like having real church. With real people. Hallelujah. Got real problems. 
real issues. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. But you don't go over to where it's always green to some artificial someplace. They all act like they got it all. We have, you know, they lied. Let me just tell you right now. We've seen it come to pass so many times. I, I, I can't tell you how many times we've seen people just see somewhere else. Maybe another apostolic church. Like, oh, we're going we're gonna to go, go over there. You know, it's good over there. Ooh, it's good. And we've watched it, Brother Ruck. We've watched it happen over at too, too many times to tell you. You know, they're going to meet the same devils over there. Same issues going to come up. Same trouble. It just happened. Like they thought they were just moving into some utopia, some heaven on earth. Oh, the pastor, he's just such a wonderful guy. <laughs> but he's human. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? I'm ready for somebody to say, you know what? We're going to fight these devils right here. Once and for all, we're going to face off. And with God's help, we're going to have victory over this. Amen. And I'm going to be able, amen, to live free of a lot of things that's hounded me and bugged me and hindered me. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, your whole life may have been a, you might have been a total, it might have been a total disappointment to you. Everything, I mean, you could just name a list of things. Abusive parents, dysfunctional family, hallelujah, poverty. You know, I used to talk about when, brother, when we first came here back in the early 80s, I tell, in fact, I was just telling somebody at conference, we meet, met a lot of our friends and people we hadn't seen in years and, and we went back a few years and I thought, you know, it, there's, there is an advantage for, to being raised poor. Without, I didn't, I, we were poor, but we didn't even know we were poor. Everybody else up and down the road was poor just like us, you know? But we, we pulled up stakes and drove to Maryland and drove into Owings Mills and rented an old house and started praying. And I remember getting in that room upstairs and getting on my knees. And, and I used to get right there with us. Before they had 795, they just had Reisterstown Road. And I had never seen that much traffic in all of my life. It was the second most traveled highway in Maryland, the Reisterstown Road. 40,000 vehicles passed up and down that road every day. Bel Air Road was number one traffic uh, first. Amen. But I remember kneeling and looking out that little window and praying to God, God, there's somebody coming by this house Every day there's folks that need God. They're miserable. They need help, and that's why I'm here. Amen. But but we were we didn't have much. But I remember Brother Wright and then Brother Morell Cornwell uh, would get together, and a bunch of the in the district would would bring home missionary preachers. We had probably I don't know we had several here in this district. Some came from Louisiana, some from Texas. We had one couple from New Brunswick, Canada, and we had them from all of Mississippi. And so they would get here and they would just go into this weeping. Oh, just say, you know they did, and and they had more money than we did, and they had somehow it seemed like they got on Christmas for Christ, and they had their rent paid, and we didn't. I just had to get a job and go to work, you know, and pay the rent. But they, we would come to these meetings and they would pet us. Oh, pitiful, just bad, help these people. Well, I was like, I'm like, hey, 
I'm having the time of my life. Don't be weeping over me. I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I was poor before I got here. <laughs> hey, nothing's changed, you know. I had no money then and I still have no money. <laughs> but you know what? We found out that can change. I, I, I'm just, you know, Paul said he had learned to be content in whatever state he was in. In other words, I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get out of sorts. God helped us with that, but, but he let us live a real life, amen, where we came from and came here, and that's what helped. If, I, if I'd have been accustomed, and my wife's the same way, to just having everything and all of our needs, you know, then probably would have been set up for just real heartbreak. But, but God prepared us for that. Listen, the trouble you're going through, the stress you're going through, you are learning Amen. A valuable lesson. God is going to be with you in that. Hallelujah. Let me talk about this just a little bit more here. Amen. Listen, broken relationships. Sometimes people have a, have a situation and they're and they, they just mad at each other for life. They're done. I, listen, I don't mean that somebody's done you wrong or you feel like they've done. I don't mean that, that you have to be their best buddy. In fact, I suggest that you not be. But you can't hate them from now on till Jesus comes. You have to learn and we have to learn, amen, these relationships happen. Listen, when I get a friend, I just go in and decide just have that friend for life. Does that mean they're gonna please me and do everything? No, that just means they're my friend. That's the decision they've made. They can turn around and hate me, but I am not going to hate them back. How do you do that? You just make that decision early on. I just can't walk away from people that are my friends. Amen. Listen, the church and preachers may have let you down and probably have some of you. Amen. But, but, but listen, I would never try to sweep any of that under the rug and pretend that all is well because of that. It's a situation. It's something we have to deal with. But I feel like God wants me to tell somebody, amen, that God wants to impress you today. We come to church, we're so unimpressed. We come to church, like I've been there, done that, heard that. You know, no, no, no. I, I think not a preacher. I'm not talking about the preacher impressing you. I'm not talking about the music and the singing and, and the special talent. That could happen. Amen. But I, I'm talking about going beyond that. In 1 Kings, the 10th chapter, I love this story. I've preached about it and taught about it. Amen. The very first verse of 1 Kings, chapter 10. And when the Queen of Sheba, I just tie this in a little bit here, maybe to help us here. Queen of Sheba, listen, it's not easy to impress a queen. <laughs> Most of the time, a queen's had pretty much what they wanted and had it their way, all right? And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. She came prepared, it's just my feelings, she came prepared to be disappointed. You know, some of us are that way. Well, I'm gonna go down there and see what they're doing. That sounds like some people coming to church. I'm gonna go, and, you know, it's like my little niece one time, she was sick, and my brother said, baby, do you want daddy to pray for you? And she said, yeah, daddy, she's a little bitty thing, about like Kylie, she said, yeah, daddy, it won't do no good, but you can pray for me. <laughs> little, where'd she get that from? <laughs> you know, a child just says what they think. Sometimes we think it and don't say it. 
Oh, yeah, we go to church. It won't help. I'll come in, you know, and I still got this going, you know, that's horrible and it'll still. No, 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 no. I want us to start. I want our perspective to be a little different, all right? Amen. But, but I believe she came prepared to not get anything and be disappointed. Amen. But, but, but listen to her testimony. Amen. In the uh, same chapter, on down fourth and fifth, fourth and fifth verses. Watch this. We have that. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built, amen, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his minister. I mean, she watched the operation take place. Hallelujah. Amen. The attendance of his ministers, and the apparel of his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord. Watch, watch how it says this. Amen. There was no more spirit in her. Oh, you know, would, would, I think the word overwhelmed would be an understatement but that's the only thing I can come up with. She was overwhelmed by what she saw and what she experienced in God's house. Now, I've preached about it forever, and I'm gonna say it again. Listen, we're gonna sing and do the best we can. I'm gonna preach to you and try to be serious and try to reach you, amen, because God's given me a love for the people, amen. But listen, we can just do so much. Some of us live for a beautiful, beautiful message and that carries us. Listen, I want the beautiful message. I want it well said and well spoken and and I want the spirit to be right. Listen, listen, but we can just go so far and I'm just gonna confess to you, we are depending upon the spirit and the presence of the almighty to come in where we and take it from there. We are dependent upon God. Amen. We are weak. Amen. We confess to you. We are undone. We are nothing. In fact, the scripture says, without him ye can do nothing. We take that personally. That doesn't mean that we're slouchy about what we do and half-hearted. That doesn't mean that. We do the best we can and it's still not enough. We need a moving of the spirit. Amen. We need that breakthrough, Brother Brian. We need a breakthrough in the spirit. We need that rushing mighty wind to move in this house. Amen. And blow the the chaff out of here. Give us freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. She was overwhelmed. It gets even better. Amen. The 13th verse. Watch this. You may be seated. Amen. Watch this. And King Solomon, listen, it didn't end there. It, listen, it's not the fact, you know, we've we experienced it. We've seen people come in and just, just in the middle of, of some people can't get here till at least the second song, at least. You know, maybe that's a style, a lifestyle or something. Amen. Let me just say, we need leaders around here. We need leaders to get here early. Help us pray. For the first thing, for, for the first song starts, all right? Just throw that in. I'd squeeze That's not a part of my sermon. I won't charge anything extra for that, all right? Amen. We need people to get up in the morning and say, you know, church starts at 1030, so that means I need to be there like a quarter after, at least, where I get in and get me a little prayer time in. Amen. That's how you move into a leadership spot. Somebody said, hey, you know, would you help us with this right here because I see you here early all the time? Just throw that in right here. Hallelujah. <laughs> But we've seen folks come in during that first or second or third song and just, you could tell they're just overwhelmed. Testimonies afterwards, I came in and God just, it was just something. It's look, we had one lady said, I've been looking for this all my life. 
That's what happened to the Queen of Sheba. Not expecting much, amen, but the Spirit moved in. That's what the Spirit does, all right? And then that way, when you do that, then you don't depend on the order of the service. You don't depend on some man, some preacher. You, you, you don't, it, it's a, and that's where the, how the relationship between you and God starts. Church has a part in it, takes a place, all right? This is the body of Christ. It's where he dwells, amen. Baby, you can have a personal relationship. And King Solomon gave, see, it keeps going, under the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, some of y'all, some of need to grab a hold of this and say, that's mine, I'm taking that, I'm taking it personal. Beside that, which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. It kind of caught my attention. Let's look at that in a minute. So she returned and went to her own country, she and her servants. Solomon's generosity was threefold. Number one, if you'll just look over this, all this is in there. All that she thought or her desire, that's what your thought process creates desire. So I think I I can say that. All she thought, he gave that to her, all right? All that she asked, what the scripture said, gave that to her. And number three, he gave her something else. He gave her his, of his royal bounty. That caught my attention. Royal bounty, what what is that? The Hebrew reads literally, according to the hand of King Solomon. Now here's how we have to look at this. Solomon was the richest king in the whole earth. Hallelujah. So his giving had to correspond with who he was and what he was. It wasn't like your neighbor over here lives in a house just like you do, goes to the factory or goes to the office every day and works and draws a paycheck just like you and just kind of surviving like us. No, 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 no. No, this was the king who had more than anybody else in the world to give. And so his bounty, I don't even know how to figure that. It had to be much, 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 much more much bigger than that. I don't know what that queen left with that day, but 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 the the you know the king gave her of his bounty. Must have been a nice offering. Must have been something really a gift that was just overwhelming. In other words, she was overwhelmed and she continued to be overwhelmed with God. It's not just a one time thing. Oh, look at listen to the music. Oh, listen to the preaching and listen to the, the worship and the pray. No, no, no. No, there's something even better than that. You get the royal bounty, amen, of the Lord in here according to. Amen. Amen. There, 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 listen, there is a massive amount of the blessings of God. I'm trying to help somebody right now. Amen. Blessings of God in that according to. Anybody get that? According to. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just, I'm just reading that in there. It's like, it's like Philippians 4 and 19. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Amen. Listen, listen, God is not about to go bankrupt. Hallelujah. No matter what the stock market looks like and what it's doing. Amen. Listen, God has plenty of money. Amen. Plenty of finances. 
amen, and he can take care of whatever needs you have. Listen, God's economy is very stable. Always has been, always will be. Some of us need to get a hold of this right here. Hallelujah. According to his riches, he will supply. I think somebody is about to move into a different realm or a different level, amen, of the spirit of the Lord, amen. And you're gonna do that by what you do. Listen, we we picked up on this many years ago uh, on our giving, and I'm not about to take an offering or anything. It's just gonna let that soak in. I don't wanna surprise anybody. Don't wanna trick anybody, all right? Last thing I wanna do. But we've learned this, right? I I give Sister Jan some money and tell my wife, well, she's just gonna go give that away to somebody. What's, what's, what happened? Somewhere back down the way, she learned the blessing of giving. My wife, when I used to travel a lot more than I do now, I want to stay home now. I, I, have a, I found my spot, all right? But I used to travel quite a bit, and there have been times more than once that on the phone, I'm talk, it's before cell phones, I talked to my wife. She says, oh, by the way, I went to that district meeting, and I, and I gave $200 to this or that. And like, we, that's all we had. I gave a, uh, an offering for 200, but, but we learned like, oh, okay. All right, hey, praise God. What, what are you talking about? Learning that when you give, it comes back in all kinds of good ways. Listen, this is no time to be stingy. This, this is a time to recognize all of it belongs to God. All of it belongs to God. Sister Debbie sent me a message, tell pastor, don't be, don't be making any big offerings and pledges to my wife. We had a good laugh over it. And so we didn't, we obeyed her. We're like, oh, okay, you know. Well, we did give offerings, but, but I, I said, well, we gotta talk to her when we get back. Because we are, listen, there's no way we're not gonna send to missions. I've got uh, Brother Miller, Brother Miller on the on the text message right now, needing money in, uh, uh, is it Liberia or is it is it uh, Nigeria? We've been sending him money. He's got a Christian school. He's been here before years ago. Amen. Somebody said, listen, there's so many places to put it, amen, but there's needs all over the place. When you put money in here, it doesn't stay here, folks. You know why? We want the blessing to stay on this church. How do you do that? You give some money. You give some money out. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. According to his riches. So I hope some of you learned that. I hope if you hadn't learned, some of you have. I I could put my hand on you. He fed Israel in the wilderness, gave them water from a rock. God led them with a cloud by day pillar of fire by night, the Bible said. Did all these things for them. You know what they did? They murmured and complained. Hallelujah. God led Israel to the very border of the promised land. Amen. Spies went in, you know the story, sent in to observe the land that God had already given the people. But Numbers 13 and 27, after 40 days, they returned with the report Surely it flows with milk and honey, just like you said, amen. And uh, this is the fruit of it. They brought pomegranates so big, they'd never seen anything. They had grapes, clusters of grapes. They had never seen anything like that before, amen. But then verse 28, the very next verse, oh, it's good, it's nice there. We used to have folks come here that would, they somehow their church, not too far from here, they 
they just had good church and good people, but nobody could get the Holy Ghost. People come to the altar and just couldn't get it. And you know what they'd do? They'd bring them here. We prayed through all kind of their people all around here. And then they would take them back out of here. You know what they were saying? They were saying, whoa, the pomegranates, we never seen anything like that. The grapes, look at those. But we're going to get the Holy Ghost and let them get the Holy Ghost and then we're going to take them right over where we are. That's fine. It's their choice. Hallelujah. They probably had all kinds. Oh, boy, yeah, but they, they got the Spirit of the Lord moving there. We don't have any tares growing up in our rear. You know why? Artificial. <laughs> That's just my own take. We have stuff going on here, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 28, here's what they said. All, oh, it's just wonderful land. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak. You know what that was? They saw we, we saw the children of the giants. We saw giants. Hallelujah. You know, I, let me just make, it's a, it's a long story here, but let me just make this short right here. The more, and, and, and this is relevant. Somebody says, how's that? It's just gonna help you right here. Amen. The more these people focused on the enemy, the more impossible their mission became. Man, we can't do that. Look what obstacles we got. I, I, I want to be sure and point out to us in verse 32. Amen. And they brought up an evil report. Now, listen, listen, you got to get this before you can really throw into this. We could have said, they could have used a negative report. They didn't use that. They were careful to use the word evil report. If we're negative about something, you know what God, we look at it like being negative. That's what we're, he's just negative. He's just don't, don't, no, no, no. God looks at it as being evil. Anything the Bible said that is not of faith is sin. See, we don't look at it like that. Well, I just didn't have enough faith. You know, you, no, no, no. Bible says that's a sin. God promises you something like he did these folks. I'm giving you the promised land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And then they come back and say, well, they got giants and the walls, you know, the cities are walled. God said that's a sin. In fact, he called it evil. That's a good start for me. <laughs> okay. That helps me just kind of tighten up here. Amen. But, but this is what fear and doubt always does to a person. It always leads us away from the promised blessings of the Lord. Always, always does. Amen. Fear. You know what Jesus would say and even in the storm? First thing he would say before he talked to them, they were tossed. He says, fear not. Because God knows what fear will do. God's spirit is the opposite of fear. All right? Unless we get a handle on our fears, that's where it starts. Some of us are too manly and too big to, to ever claim that. No, 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 I'm not. Doing. Yes, you are. And until we, until we accept that fact, then we'll never deal with it. That's like a kid growing up, and they've, been, they've had this problem, that problem. They blame their parents. I just said it to, to my wife the other day. I said, you know, some of us blaming their upbringing, and they did have a hard time. I'm not trying to, to deny that. They, they had, it was, wasn't good for them. But I said, sooner or later, 
when you get about 40, you have to say, you know what? I, I, it's my responsibility now. I did have a bad up, upbringing. I was abused by my father or my mother. And, and I, you know, I had all these kind of things. Listen, we got the choice, folks. You can keep blaming it on them and live until you die and be unhappy and be fearful. Or you can say, you know what? This is my life. <laughs> God gave me a, a portion of space of time here. Amen. Now, you know, I'm going to have to stand on my own two feet no matter what happened back there. Amen. That's in the past. I'll look in the rearview mirror every once in a while and say, you know what? Hey, that did, really did happen. But I'm moving forward now. Amen. It's up to me. That's how you get through that. And unless we get a handle on our fears, it escalates into more torment and more anxiety. Numbers 14 and 1. And all the congregation, let me show you how it, it has an effect here. Let me show you how it works here. A domino effect. Amen. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. That's how negativism can get a hold of a, not only a person or two. It was only 10 spies that gave the evil report. There was two that gave a good report. And watch, watch where that leads. Verse 2. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses. And now their leader is no good we got to find a more charismatic classy amen smarter brighter you know we got you know he's and one we got is getting old he keeps having birthdays let's find somebody young we have the lights and the smoke if you do that you know <laughs> then you look cool <laughs> hallelujah and the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron always does that leadership it's their their fault. And the whole congregation said unto them, would God we had died in Egypt. I'm going fast. And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt. Does that sound noble? Oh, let's quit. Or let's go back the other direction. Verse 8, if the Lord, this is, this is going to be the clincher right here. This is where we're going to have to be. This is where we're going to have to come to. Amen. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which flows with milk and honey. Hallelujah. Amen. If this is God's will, we're going to do this thing. If we delight in the Lord and he delights in us, hallelujah, anytime you want. Amen. We're going to give him some praise and worship right here. Amen. Fear is failing. This is a quote from somebody. I wrote it down, and I'm going to give this to you. Fear is failing to factor God into the equation. Nobody said there was no giants. Nobody said, you know, there's no walls. No, no, everybody saw the cities that were walled. Everybody knew that was going to be, you know, God's going to have to help us if we get in there. These giants, no way we can compete against them. They'd win in a battle every time. That's understood. Nobody's arguing about that. But when you put God into the equation, he makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Listen, listen, God didn't bring a bunch of failures into this church. Hallelujah. That's, that, the reason it was an evil report, amen, the 10 spies focused on wrong things. They focused on the giants. They, they focused on the walls. You keep looking at that problem you got, It'll get bigger and it'll get bigger than you are. It'll get bigger than your God. But if you focus away from that, amen, and you begin to look at God, 
Hallelujah. Then that wall gets smaller. The giants become midgets. Hallelujah. The mountain becomes a molehill. Hallelujah. Listen, they should have kept their focus on God. Listen, this could be the new normal here. Like what's going on? Well, we got this problem, but God's here with us. <laughs> Hallelujah. God said he wouldn't forsake us. God's our friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. He's gonna help us through this. He's gonna bring us through. He's gonna take care of his people. Hallelujah. He will bring us into that great land. Let's put our hands together one more time. Give him praise for what he's gonna do. I don't know what you're gonna do, but I'm gonna stick with God. I'm gonna keep my hope. I'm gonna keep my faith. I'm gonna put my trust in him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you'd like to come up to the altar and lay claim to those things, amen, that God has promised you. Amen, y'all can start anytime you want to right now. Hallelujah, praise God. Bring a friend, get somebody by the hand, amen. Glory, Jesus, that's it. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. I claim my blessing, God. I claim my victory. I claim my peace. I claim my help. 